Welcome to the end of round one of the Australian Open on No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, Courtney Nguyen. How's, how's this first two days been for you? It's been fast. Has, it feels right? fast. Because it, it doesn't feel like, well, okay, gr- granted, I haven't really been paying as much attention, obviously, to the men, as my job is uh, to cover the women. Mm-hmm. But even outside of that, it, it doesn't feel like there's been anything massive that derails your day. Like, my days have gone pretty much yeah. according to what I expected them to. So that's nice. Yeah, the only the only thing that was, like, derailish, really, was when Federer came out real shaky against Meltzer mm. on the men's side, and he, and he went up dropping the second set, and he just didn't look good. But then he recovered and won the third and fourth, two and two. So he was fine for now. Uh, obviously, the big headline result was the very first match of the tournament on Laver, uh, which is one of the only like, sort of match story, we, we at least for the times we've written so far, a result story, is Simona Halep losing to Shelby Rogers, which I think we gave some play on the draw preview show is a tough match. I know, you'd, I know you'd literally circled it on your draw, so I mentioned that. And we talked about it the night before, just thinking like that if an upset pick that and, and honestly, Venus Kozlova were the two that I sort of circled for that day. And it was wound up not being close in large part because of uh, some of his injuries, it's fair to say. You, you saw that whole match. I did not. What, what were your thoughts on, on yeah, how it happened? I, did, I had no idea that she was dealing with a knee injury. Um, you know, I, I, you know, again, this is one of those situations where as a journalist, you make assumptions and you shouldn't assume. But obviously, yes, she was dealing with some knee tendonitis in Singapore last year. I just kind of either forgot it or just assumed that, that uh, you know, with all the time off and with all the training that she had been doing in Australia, that she must be okay. And, and you'd spoken to her this and year. And I'd spoken to her, and I, yeah. I'd asked her before the tournament, you know, how are you feeling? And she said she was fit, and obviously that's a tennis player thing. No one's going to be like, yeah, I'm like, really, really. She'll be really... better not make me move to my left. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. you know, that that's going to be a thing that happens. So, um, so but it was it was pretty clear, like, in, in the match that, especially in the second set, that, that the she was incredibly uh, hindered um, in terms of running and, and really it was painful to hit through her backhand. So that's unfortunate and that explains a lot. I mean, I think that if you've watched Simona Hallett play, you know that the one thing that she needs more than anything else is her legs. Of course. She talks all the time about strong legs. I need my legs. Um, so you take that out um, and there's nothing that she can do because unlike a lot of other players, she can't just sit in the middle of the court and smack winners. So that's pretty much going to go one way and it did. And Shelby, to her credit, was very, was very uh, you know, blood in the water sort of about it. She, she just executed perfectly well in this sort of no-nonsense way. And it was impressive. I mean, she came out of nowhere, really nowhere, I think ranked 108 and just not someone we'd ever talked about, you know, seriously at Grand Slams and during the French Open. And pull off quite a few good wins there to make the quarterfinals. And so this one, yeah, this is sort of almost... Not that that one, that one, you know, could have stood in history as a little bit of a fluke at a slam, but this is another thing to back that up for, for Shelby. So it's a big win for her. Um, just... My stat of the first round for the women's side is that I think I think it held the rest of the day today. I don't think it changed. At least at some point today, American women were four and zero against seeds, which Pretty is good. which is amazing. No, Unseeded I mean, player Coco Vandeweghe beat Vinci number fifteen. Uh, Nicole Gibbs beat uh, Babos today, and Lepchenko beat Burtons. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's um it's been a very good first two days for English speaking countries. That's true. If you really think about it, I mean, the UK, uh, you know, Britain's having a pretty, a pretty phenomenal uh, start to the tournament. Um, they have one right now, yeah, Naomi Gavrilo- Brody, who's, who's currently playing um, and in a third set with Gavrilova, um, Gavrilova. 
And um, no, actually Gavrilova, yeah, because that's how she pronounces it. It's a Sharapova situation where if that's how you pronounce it, even if that's not the Russian pronunciation, yeah. we don't enough. call you Sharapova. Exactly. You know? um, but uh, yeah, and then obviously the, uh, Australia having a very strong tournament with its, its youngsters um, moving through. So it, you know, it, that's that's good stuff. Canada, they did all right. Yeah. Milos and, and Jeannie are still in the tournament. So yeah. So it should be good. I think it sets up – what I'm most excited for, it's not so much tomorrow. Tomorrow's score plays okay, but Thursday looks amazing. You're holding the draws. Can I see this, this bottom mm-hmm. half of the women's draw? Some of the lined matches that are already set that, are, that I'm amazing Petkovic. for. Petkovic. Uh, Putsal Stepenko. Putsal is amazing. Oh, that's like the perfect like WTA gift. fan. It's a gift to gifts, mm-hmm. really. Uh, Safarova Serena is pretty solid. Uh, Irani Makarova, those are two former slam semifinalists and finalists and great doubles players. Osaka Kanta is really good. So, yeah. So, this um, Gavrilova Kanya could be a good one also. Yeah. So, this Thursday. Lucic. Yeah. So, this third this Thursday. Ronska is also still playing in case yeah. She happens yeah, to turn it around completely while we record this uh, in, in a bad way. Uh, yeah, it looks really, really good. Uh, so I'm excited for all that. You mentioned Pekovic. We just talked to her. Might include some audio here from her presser. She seems to be in good spirits. We just haven't had her. I was thinking as I was in that room because I haven't seen her that much in the last year. We didn't have her on NCR, which is a, a great shame to us. But she just honestly wasn't. We weren't. We weren't at tournaments together where she did well. Is is what it came down to, or where she was at least winning a couple matches. So. You'll get to hear her voice for the first time in a while, and she sounds good and looks looks happy and, and seems pretty, uh, seems to have, you know, it's always this, this is constantly a narrative with her, but she, she seems to be in a good place tennis-wise and in terms of dedication and all that stuff. So here is Andrea Pekovic in an excerpt of her presser. Great there, Ben. Thank you so much. Amazing hairdo going on in press room 27. <laughs> How are you feeling 27, about 2017? <laughs> I feel good, yeah. I uh, made a few changes, made a few uh, ac- sacrifices in the, in the off-season. I, I left home already on the 10th of December, so I've been on the road for, for a while now. I, I've never done that before, so um, I feel good about that. And um, I really wanted to give it another shot, and I kept saying last year, I still love tennis, I still love tennis, I try... I tried to sort of convince everybody else, um, and I felt like nobody believed me. <laughs> so I kept say, I kept losing and kept saying it and saying, and everybody looked at me like, yeah. She's like, everybody was like this behind my back, but um, but I was really determined to convince everybody also with results on court. So I really um, was willing to put in an extra effort, and I worked really hard. I um, I increased my workload a little bit. Again, I, I mean, I needed to find the balance after my injuries. I went a little down, and now I went a little up again. And um, and yeah, I worked in the heat in Dubai, so I'm feeling physically the best in the best shape I've ever felt. <laughs> Hopefully, tennis-wise, everything will come together as well. What is Christmas in Dubai like? No, I was here in Melbourne. It was oh. 42 degrees, and I was sitting in my hotel room eating burgers, having beer, and watching Seinfeld for six hours straight. And that sounds much worse than it oh, actually was. Great. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. It was the best Christmas ever. <laughs> yeah. But um, but what do you make of the start of your season? Like just both the tournament-wise, Hopman Cup, mm. all these sorts of things. And, oh, I had so much fun at the Hopman Cup. It was really one of the most fun I've had during a tournament. <laughs> and uh, it was such a pleasure playing against Roger in Switzerland. And it was really good for me, actually, because I do need matches. And I had everything. I had a really good match against Mladenovic. I had a solid match, but not great against Bencic, where she played really, um, really great. And I had a really bad match against Watson. So I had all three 
um, which really helped me in Hobart. I mean, Hobart is very difficult to play because it's so windy, but it really helped me to um, to sort of get rid of the errors and uh, and try to improve. And I think I did that here because I against Watson I was up and I lost focus and I didn't commit to my strokes and I think all of that I did today and sometimes it gets sometimes it's better sometimes it's worse but I think I really need to do that in order to get back to where I want to be what did you learn about Roger's rock stardom by seeing Perth it seemed like he sort of owned that in that uh, what do you mean? Now just like he just Roger's charisma Rod, or just like his sort of star power ah uh, yeah yeah it was it was funny because um I went on the dance floor first on New Year's Eve, obviously, because that's what I do, and it was me. That's it. <laughs> and then after a while, I sort of got all the players to dance, and I went over to see, I saw Belinda looking at me. She really wanted to dance, but she was sort of stuck at the table, and she didn't know. She didn't know what to do. I mean, she's young. So I went over there, and I was like, come on, Belinda. And I thought, Roger wouldn't never, ever, ever come to dance with us. And I was like, Roger, he's like, yeah, let's do this. And when he came on the dance floor, the dance floor was just like, in two seconds, seven billion people. I'm like, where the hell did they come from? Did they beam out of, from outer space? It was amazing. There were four people on the dance floor, and when Roger arrived, literally the whole Crown Plaza came on the dance floor as well. So that maybe sums it up. <laughs> if you wanted a story about Roger Stapa, there, there you go. But what, why why train in Dubai? Why leave home December 10th? What difference does it make training there versus training at home? Um, well, I've always tra uh, trained indoors, and I came pretty early to Australia, but I needed some time to adjust. And then uh, most of the times, if I had a difficult draw in Brisbane, for example, and I didn't have the matches, I came to the Australian Open, I was insecure. And this insecurity in the first matches with the nervousness most of the time cost me the matches, and I've lost so many times in the first round now. And um, there are also other things in play, a little bit traumatized from getting injured so many times here. So um, just subconsciously, it was, it was something, some things that I had to deal with also. So that's why I just, it was, I think, more the thought of doing something completely different than just, um, than just playing outdoors and being in the heat. But also just my body, you know, it's, um, I'm getting older. I need longer time to adjust. I need longer time to recover. And you do recover faster in, in warmer um, surroundings. And so. So, uh, and it was fine. It was fine. I had I had my books and I had my solitude. That's all I need in life <laughs> to be happy. <laughs> I mean, some love now and there. It doesn't hurt, but I can deal without it. You know, it's okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Best matches so you've seen so far in this first round. Do you have anything that stood out to you as a as a memory or or anything? Any epics? Well, I mean, Lucy Safarova saving nine match points today to beat uh, Yanina Wickmeyer. And, you know, that, that was pretty incredible. I, you know, because it, it's a combination of things. Obviously, Wickmeyer played those points pretty tight mm -hmm. um, and gave Safarova opportunities to, to kind of step in and, and really hit the ball. But all credit to Lucy. She came up with the goods. I think she hit something like... On those nine match points, three of them were aces. One was an un unreturnable serve. I think two or three were forehand winners. So really, I mean, Wickmeyer only hit like two or three errors on those match points. And there were a couple of them were pretty forced. So, yeah, I mean, all credit to Lucy. Um, last time anybody saved as many as nine match points would have been uh, Curios Gasquet, Wimbledon 2014. Right, yeah. Um, so, and there's a lot of debate, at least as of my last checking, as to what exactly the record is at a slam. It's very confusing because yeah. nobody actually tracks match points. Yeah. It's not an official 
you know, stat that people kind of keep. I wish it was because it'd be so automatic on the live yeah, score. Yeah, no, for sure, yeah. for sure. But, um, but yeah, so it's uh, that's a pretty that was a pretty epic result and kind of crazy to kind of track and follow along. I see on your draw that you actually wrote Wickmeyer and then crossed it out and put Safarova. I know. I had, well, no, I, I didn't that write did it, it in before. Yeah. I just, like, had Wickmeyer on my brain. I do that so every time that. on yeah. the draws. Yeah. It happens. Uh, men's side has been pretty calm as well. Andy Murray got a test first round against Marchenko, which wasn't super impressive. Uh, but my main takeaway, which is writing for the Times, which hopefully will be out by the time you hear this, maybe, maybe not, is the young people in general. There's been so many young guys who are, like, finally getting a crack at this stage and breaking through. And this really feels like they just sort of, like, it's just like a dump truck of them just backed up and, you know, made some beep beeps down and offloaded gangly teenagers in, in a pile. They're very gangly. They are so gangly. These Russians, especially. Uh, Andre Rublev won. He's going to play Murray in the second round. The one who I'm most struck with is, I know you watched against Ducky Lee in the final round of qualifying, is this kid, uh, Sasha Bublik, which is a funny name to say Bublik. I'm going to have to get used to saying that out loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sasha, as we'll call her. It wasn't weird until you made it weird. <laughs> I have to make it weird immediately uh, to get that out of the way, that acknowledgement. He is going to be, and it's interesting seeing this just when you first see a person, just knowing how we know how tennis works, he's going to be unbelievably polarizing. <laughs> he is going to be, people are going to have, assuming he does anything that's Because sport, of his attitude or because of his game? I didn't talk both. to him. I mean, his both. game is polarizing His for game sure. is polarizing for sure. He has this sort of like amped up Benoit Pairness to him. I saw someone compared to Benoit Pair. Atomic. Atomic. Atomic, but also like with... The, all of that plus some malfeasance in terms of, but even more than that, it's like he really like interacts and he talks with the crowd during the match, and it's this sort of like this whole sort of you know you're probably wondering how I got here type voice in this. Uh, yeah, I mean he was doing thing. that a little bit against Ducky Lee, which was kind of obnoxious because at one point he was like amping up the crowd and to make it's more like, noise, and it's like, but you're you're playing. Ducky Lee, he can't hear Here. anything. It was just very weird and odd, and but he was like gesticulating. So like, if Ducky Lee was like looking over, he knew that he was doing it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it seemed a bit um, obnoxious tough. at it's the time. Tough. I mean, it was. I certainly had that same thought too. I, I mean, we'll get to you know, Ducky. We'll talk about when he's getting more on tour, hopefully. But he. I don't want players to change their behavior too much when they're playing him. That doesn't seem right to me either. So if that's what he does to get pumped up, like, fine. It was. I did immediately think that they're like, the, come on, make some noise crowd gesture against the deaf kid is a bit much, possibly. <laughs> but, but he's just a very interesting, very, very, very confident. Like, the most of the youngsters, or at least a few of them, like Rublev and Kachanov, who I talked to this week, are all like, oh, I'm just taking it one step at a time, you know, and everything. And Bublik is not. And he's just like... Um, he is in it. He is in it, and just it was talking. He was in his press conference. Someone said, "Like your goal is like to be number one, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's right." Seems pretty reasonable. And someone was like, "Would you be okay with being number two? He was like, "Nah." <laughs> just like that's where he's sort of setting the bar, and just where he's talking. And he's he he went out and got himself. I assume he got. He said he was going to get himself this like absurd sounding Gucci jacket for winning his uh, first round match. Uh, over Lucas Pui, who's a real scout. I mean, Lucas Pui was, was well, again, hurt, was hurt. Very hurt. Was Well, I don't know, very, but he was hurt. He was um, hurt. And it was four sets. He he was not at full strength for sure. Um, but he still closed it out. He's got a winnable match against Shaziri next. So we'll see what he does. It could be, he could be the – and then he gets possibly uh, Isner, who doesn't – or Misha Zverev, and then Murray. So you could see him – if he gets to Murray, all the way to Murray – which is not impossible, I don't think, with how well he's playing here. I would love to see his game against Andy. Uh, Although it would be Andy, an Andy taking him to school. Andy would school the shit out of this yeah, kid, yeah. and it would be it would be satisfying. But also, I mean, like he, he you will trust me. Just you, I'm guessing most of you have not seen him. Those of you who, the few people who do know him have big reactions already. So I'm just very curious to see how it plays out. 
Um, if yeah. Blue Bloods playing, tune in. Yeah, and a lot of the others. The the young gun match that's set for the second round is uh, Tiafo Zverev, uh, uh, Sasha Zverev. Uh, Taylor Fritz was also here. He lost Ernesto Escobedo. Ernesto Escobedo is hard to say. Uh, he won. Uh, Rally Opelka went six four in the fifth against David Goffin. Medvedev lost. Yes, yeah, so there's just a lot of lot of children. I believe the children are our future, and it's becoming it's very which is fast. good for the yeah. guys. The guys need it. I mean, the girls we've had it. Yeah, I mean we have it, and they are very. I mean we have it to where we talk about them in terms of like making a second week is like, you know, like the Kanyus and the Benchiches and the things like that. And so that's good blood for the ATP. Next next gen hashtag. Next next gen baby gen. I was so, the ATP marketing people were so excited when I told them that I didn't want to one with Bublik, and I said that he said that his goal is to make it for his goal for the year is to make it to their new like next gen event in Milan, which they have, which yeah. they're kind of copying off yeah, yeah. the old Singapore Rising Star. So it's a different; it's a standalone event. Um, and they were just like, "Oh my gosh, someone's buying into our gimmick! Yay!" <laughs> it was, it was, it was, they were very happy. So uh, yeah, so that's that's about it for the first two days. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, the usuals. There'll be links. Hope you know by now. Any rant ravey thoughts before we let people go on this show? I'm sure things have made impressions on you. I will say I'm I am just eating wise here because I don't get time to eat. I, I always, love I always you went to the exact same. I'm like, it's kind of the food, but go well, ahead. Well, no, my food rant is, is sort of I'm undecided on this rant, but I have I just want to get it out like the salad bar is been my reliable thing. It's the only reasonably priced thing in here. And they just have such an unpredictable variance of what the ingredients under that sneeze guard are that I go in there and just it's like I either just walk out with nothing or I load up as much as I possibly can squeeze into the container and just feast on that. So it's it's uh you know, it's feast or famine, literally, <laughs> at the at the salad bar. And I am hoping for consistency, but then again the variety is the spice of life. It is unexpected. They're definitely I probably go into the media canteen like eight times a day and maybe three times do I actually leave with food. Like, I kind of, oh, like, do yeah. a quick tour, and That's I'm like... more or less my ratio, I'm like, eh, no, I'll wait until that salad bar turns over. I had a super weird combination of things in my salad in my salad thing today, because you're right, it is the only reasonably priced thing. That and the French fries are the only... Yeah. Th- the, you get a box of French fries for, like, four bucks. Oh, that's pretty And good. you can get... Um, and we have, like, what, 20, 21? 21 bucks. 21 bucks on our card. Um, and... Um, or you can get like a salad and fill up whatever you want into a box for like eleven ten, and like works out so well. It's a pretty big box. I too. put a lot of avocado in there. <laughs> yeah, like you guys walking around with like all I saw so many people walking out with like a crap ton of salmon, like smoked salmon. I was like, oh, that's so smart. No, they just have this like huge pot. That's what I say. The feast <laughs> is when they have the huge pot of salmon, and it's great. I'm sure it's not cost effective for them to be putting that out there in this all you can eat situation. But yeah, I, one day I just got I just took the box, filled it up like to the brim with salmon and uh, avocado and mozzarella balls. Yeah, <laughs> which they is ran a great, out of see they yeah. ran out of the mozzarella balls. Yeah. Anyways. It's yeah, the dining the dining it can be tough. But um but yeah, no, otherwise it's it's been fine. Um don't really have any rant raves quite yet. I did realize today and I don't really know I'm still in the process of processing this. Okay. Um it's tough because I feel like I've discovered something about myself today that like might shake me to my core, but Uh-oh. I'm not sure. Is this getting real dark real fast? I don't know. I kind of think that I like the Pixies more than I like Sonic Youth. And I wish that there was some sort of like BuzzFeed or like personality quiz that tells me what that means because it's really bothering me because for a long time I thought that I liked Sonic Youth more than I liked the Pixies. 
but or that I was agnostic between the two. And now I'm like, I think I like the Pixies more. You're certainly allowed to evolve and age and different things that speak to you at different For points sure. in your life. For I, sure. I think that's fine. No, it would. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's um, that's one of those things. I mean, I had a while where I like, let's say, like Kelly Rowland more than Michelle Williams. But, <gasps> now, but now Michelle is clearly the well, one. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, but it wasn't. I wasn't there for a while. OK. So, yeah. So music is cool. We'll leave you with some music of some sort. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children.